You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. Give that to the Lord Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy of praise. Praise God. What a delight it is to be with you this Sunday morning. I am so excited to share the word of the Lord and what I believe the Lord has laid on my heart. And I give honor to your pastor and first lady and to all of you. You've been so kind and so hospitable. I greatly appreciate it. It's going to be a good day today. I got up this morning and was walking out the hotel. It was really windy. And so I had, a, had my coat on the hanger and my jacket and uh, had a couple of other things. And it blew off right into, the, right into this big puddle. So if, I, if you see wet spots... And you're like, what in the world happened to him? <clears throat> then I got in the car. You know I have a big head. and You don't have to have a discerning spirit to see that. And uh, I cracked my head <laughs> getting in the car. I'm stumbling. I'm stumbling coming up the platform. And it, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. Open up your Bibles to the book of John chapter to my wife of 20 years and my two amazing kids and their greetings in Jesus' name. And I am looking forward to what God is going to do. I am a worshiper, and uh, the Lord has consistently confirmed oftentimes what I am to preach through the ministry of the worship team. And as the choir began to sing, and didn't they do an amazing job? Uh, as they begin to say, with his word in my mouth, I thought, thank you, Jesus. That's the confirmation that I need, and so I'm so excited to share with you. I believe today is a day of miracles, and if you are in need of a miracle, I want you to know today can be your day. Praise God. Does anybody believe that? Praise God. John chapter 2, verse 1. You know what? Let me read it out of the New King James. I know... John chapter 2, verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. It's always nice when Jesus gets an invitation. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. She didn't even respond to Jesus. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. If you just, if you do the math, six times 20 is 120. Okay, never mind. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. 
this beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. One more quick passage, if you would open up your Bibles or your Bible apps to Judges, Judges chapter 6, verse 13. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. I want to preach this thought to you by the help of the Holy Ghost. It's really simple. Maybe you haven't seen it yet. Maybe you haven't seen it yet. Would you lift your hands to heaven and help me pray? Father, we love you. We bless you and we give you glory. We release the gift of faith in this house today. I pray that you would pour out an anointing upon everyone here under the sound of my voice. Help me to teach and to preach your word with relevancy and with accuracy. We give you thanks and we give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Would you clap your hands unto him? Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor before you're seated and tell them, maybe you haven't seen it yet. You may be seated in his presence. There is a cry for the supernatural. I want to be careful coming down these steps. There is a cry for the supernatural. If you look at the world today, the world is hungry for the supernatural. I believe it is the church's custodial responsibility to expose the world to the supernatural. I believe every time we come together, we should expect signs, miracles, and wonders to confirm the word of the Lord. We serve a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you and I could think, according to the power that works in us. The world is hungry for the supernatural. I don't know about you, but I have, we have at, at home at Extraordinary Church, we get 52 Sundays. I tell the team, listen, we don't want to miss it. We want to come with great expectations. This could be the day that somebody's life is changed forever. And when we come, I want us to come expecting God to do the supernatural. The world is fascinated with the supernatural. If you, if you pay any attention to what this generation is obsessing over, look at the Avengers. They are more than intrigued by the supernatural. Not only the Avengers, I, I don't know who's who, so I could be listing other characters and maybe he's a part of an Avenger. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if Spider-Man is or not. Frankly, I don't care, but neither way. Okay, is he? Y'all correct. Y'all, he is. Okay, great. Whether it's Spider-Man, whether, and people get into this stuff. I mean, they're debating back and forth like, is Spider-Man better than Batman or, 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 I don't have any clue. But they're intrigued by the supernatural, whether it's Thor, whether whomever it is. Listen, we watch shows, now, not, not, not when I say we, I'm just talking about societally speaking. <laughs> but we watching stuff like Dead Men Walking, zombies and stuff. Now, let me, just, let me just pause right here and just encourage you for a moment. I would, I would suggest that you probably not watch stuff like that. 
I do, listen, you, you, you may watch a lot of things, but now my family, we just, we just trying to be a G-rated, G-rated family. You know, I want to raise godly kids, and I want to be careful what they watch. But I do want you to understand that media is a medium. And it will expose you to the spirit realm. Don't ever get it twisted. This world is hungry for a move of God. And I'm telling you, we serve a God who is able. We have a responsibility to expose them to the supernatural. Now, let me just help you out and tell you, I am not, I'm not, you you can amen me, you can agree, praise God, and I appreciate that. But I do want you to understand that we do have a responsibility. And people might come and say, man, when they come to Extraordinary Church, we have a big sign that tells them, you're entering a room filled with faith. And it is going to be loud and live, and we expect God to do anything. And so they know right out of the gate. What I'm trying to get everybody to understand is that enthusiasm is the breeding ground for faith. When you enthusiastically say amen, when you enthusiastically celebrate the presence of God, when you enthusiastically affirm the word of God when it comes forth, you are creating an atmosphere of faith. And when faith is present, I want you to know God can do absolutely anything. He can raise the dead. He can unstop deaf ears. He can open blinded eyes. He can speak peace into your situation. We serve a God who is able. And if you know that, you ought to give him praise and I've got really good news anybody can participate in the supernatural so see you're probably like man I'm not Batman you know you've done this stuff like you and your boys maybe not maybe your classmates maybe your your younger children they're like well I'm Batman and and I'm Spider-Man and, you know, Batman beats Spider-Man or whatever the case may be or, or Thor. We, we do all of that stuff. But that's pretend. And that's not changing anything. But I want you to know that you do not have to have a particular set of qualifications to operate in the supernatural. See, I'm going to show you what it takes to operate in the supernatural in just a moment. But it makes no difference who your mother or father is. Your mother or father could be a drunk, they could be an educator, they could have been in this their entire life, and they could be the 10th generation. All they've ever known is this apostolic message, and praise God for that if that's the case. But that is not a prerequisite for any of us to operate in the supernatural. Gideon finds himself in this same dilemma, because Gideon is like, look, I'm just giving you the Keel Thompson paraphrase, by the way. And the Keel Thompson paraphrase is probably close to the message, you know. You can just find anything you want in there. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love Eugene Peterson. I love his writings, and I've read several of his books. So I'm just having fun. But so if you look at Judges, uh, Judges chapter 6, Gideon is an interesting character because Gideon, uh, he did his ancestry, right? He went to Ancestry.com or 23andMe, whichever it is, whatever, whichever one you want to use. And the angel of the Lord shows up, and he's like, you mighty man of valor. And he's like, you probably don't know. You probably don't know what happened. But just not too long ago, we went to Ancestry.com, and we discovered that my tribe is the least 
of all tribes. And, you know, in case you think it doesn't get worse, it does. Not only is our tribe the least of all the tribes, like my clan is the least of the least of the tribes. So if you're thinking we were like leading our tribe, we're not. That's probably why I'm in a wine press threshing wheat. His vocation didn't match his location. See, here's what you have to understand. You will never operate beyond your perceived identity. If you think for one single solitary moment you can't, can I tell you, you won't. If you think you will, okay, let me just, just, just stay with me for a moment here. So let's just say right now, and the way my morning's going, I could, I could probably do this, you know. I, I go outside, just like I'm dressed right now, I stand in the middle of the street, and I put my hand up. Do you think for one single solitary moment, anybody's going to stop? No, some might speed up. Some might speed up. Now, let's flip it around. Let's say I go out, I'm a police officer, uniform, and I step out in the middle of the street. I don't even have to go like this. People immediately start slowing down. Immediately like, oh, is your seatbelt on? Pe people are talking in the car, and mom and dad like, shut up, be quiet. Like the, like the cop can't hear you. Like you can't have conversation. Because they recognize authority. If you would understand who you are in Jesus Christ, you wouldn't tolerate certain things in your world either. I need you to understand that you have been blood bought. You have been, he has put an authority on you. He has put an authority in you. And you don't have to tolerate the enemy running roughshod in your life. You don't have to tolerate the chaos. You have authority in Christ to speak to situations, to speak to dilemmas. You have the authority and you need to operate in the authority God has given you. Stop allowing the enemy to push you around and to put you into a corner. You need to stand up with the Holy Ghost boldness and say, enough is enough. No sickness shall come near my dwelling place. You have given your angels charge over me. If you believe that, clap your hands unto the Lord. See, you don't have to have a prerequisite to operate in the supernatural. All Gideon had to do was get over himself. See, all we have to do is get over ourselves. Can I tell you, we are oftentimes the ones who are in our way. Now, I know it sounds good to blame the devil for stuff. We love to give the devil credit. And the devil's like, I wish I was that good. I wish. You know, we go out, you get... Go to the car, you got flat tire. Oh, the devil gave me a flat tire. And the devil's like, I know y'all think I'm good. But I really didn't. I, I didn't. I. He was like, don't tell him. Don't tell him. It's probably that nail they ran over. But ain't got nothing to do with me. But the devil wants us to think. And see, if we're not careful, we'll give him a whole lot more credit. You need to understand, he can't do anything. 
unless God allows it. You also need to understand that it was told in the beginning that the Lord was going to bruise his foot, his heel. He said his heel is going to crush your head. He has, in other words, his head, his headship. His authority was going to be dismantled. It was going to be destroyed. The enemy has no authority in your life. You need to understand Jesus Christ is the sole authority in your life. It is his kingdom that rules and reigns. It is his kingdom that governs. You don't have to allow the enemy to do anything in your life if God does not permit it to be so. Amen. So here's why we have to be very careful because we get up and we, we say things and we don't realize the power of what we say. Just like when we say something, oh, the devil, the devil's after me. The devil gave me a flat tire today. The devil's coming, you know, and we just talk to, and we don't realize some of the stuff we're saying. I need you to understand that words create your world. Words create your world. I'm going to give you an example because this is a pretty common one that I think we often do, not realizing it. We, the first thing we do in the morning when we wake up is we will say stuff like, I didn't get enough sleep. Just going to lay here for a little bit. Your wife looks at you and you're like, don't even talk to me. I haven't had my coffee yet. And what we don't realize is we're immediately creating a world of insufficiency. You're immediately declaring with your mouth what you don't have. And then you're saying that basically caffeine, I know you're going to think I've lost my mind, but you, caffeine is like your Lord. Like you need caffeine to be nice to people. I mean, we do have the Holy Ghost. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Why you got to have a cup of coffee before you can talk to somebody and be pleasant? I don't know. You, but we, we, we declare these things. And what we don't realize, this is why we say stuff like, oh, God, I do not want to go to work today. It's going to be the worst day ever. And then we come home and your, your honey's like, hey, how was it? I told you it was the worst day ever. Well, you already declared it was going to be the worst day ever. You already said you didn't want to go to work. You woke up this way, you're like, church again? Oh, gosh. This, here's the stuff that we do. Mm -hmm, I see her. She get on my last nerve. And then you wonder why we get irritated when we get around people. They show up, you automatically itching. Well, you already just declared she gets on your last nerves. You say stuff like, oh, they just make me sick. Here you are declaring all of this stuff. What we ought to do, as opposed to declaring, I ain't getting enough sleep. What we ought to say is, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Let me rejoice and be glad in it. What we ought to say is, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. What we ought to say is, this day is the day that I am going to serve him and glorify him and fulfill his purpose on my life. 
this is what we ought to declare. This is what we ought to declare because the Bible is clear. It is impossible. Oops, you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to hit my timer. Praise God. Let me just, so if I look at my clock, it's 11 now. What time? Maybe 15 minutes? Okay, no, don't tell me that, Pastor. Praise God. What we, see, what we have to understand is, I, I have to be, I need something. It's 11 o'clock, so okay. So what we have to understand is, we do these things, and we don't realize the impact of what we say. And I'm trying to get you to understand that your words create your world. And we say things that are contrary to the word of God. So why are you declaring insufficiency at the start of your day when if you are a born-again believer, it is impossible for you to lack one single solitary thing? Paul told us in Colossians that we are complete in him. Peter tells us that he's given us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. Now, if you don't know what everything means, let me just tell you, everything. You can look it up in the Greek. It means everything. He's given you everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness. Oh, I'm going to help you today. I'm going to help you to understand. You think I'm just talking about positive thinking. I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm talking about speaking, declaring the word of God. And when you declare the word of God, you will get supernatural results. You need to understand that, hear me, hear me, your miracle can't manifest itself in the physical realm until you declare it with your mouth. Okay, watch this. Watch this. You know what? Job. Everybody knows Job, right? Now, Job is interesting because Satan was like, well, let me get to him. And Job had everything. But you know what Job did? Job was like, man, what's going to happen if I lose everything? This is what he, he said, what, what would I do if I lost my babies? What would I do if I lost all my cattle? What would I do if I lost all my property? You know he was saying this because when it happened, he said, what I have feared has come upon me. See, this is why if you just read. So I know we all know this, and I know I say if we just read, but if we just keep reading, you will, hear, you will see in Job chapter 6, he says, teach me to be quiet. Because I'm understanding that what I say. So then we go to Job 22. And he says, thou shalt declare a thing, and it shall be established. You can look it up, Job 23. I'm telling you right now, you need to understand that there is power in life and death in what you hear. This is why the Bible is clear. It says power of life and death is in what? Your eyes? No, okay. The power of life and death is in what you? It's in your tongue. What you say, I'm going to show you something. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. And you guys just, just work with me. I'm sorry. I'm just doing this on the fly as the Lord just comes, okay? It comes to me. Mark chapter 5, I think it's verse 25. Ah, there we go. Praise God. She's quick with it, just showing off today. Look at this. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years. And had suffered many things of many physicians. And it's been all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. So let me just, we're going to continue. Uh, but just give you the circumstances. Twelve years, she spent everything she had. 
and her condition only got worse. So we, we understand this. She went to everybody that she could, every physician, every doctor, referrals, PCPs, you name it. She's been there, done that. Let's look at verse 27. When she had heard of Jesus, when she had heard of Jesus, now here's how easy I want you to know that you can get your miracle. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in, the press. Now, in other words, the press, right? Come in, came in the press behind. Everybody in the mama was there. I'm going to show you how we know everybody in the mama was there in a minute. And touched his garment. Now watch this. Let's look on. For she, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. I need you to understand, the moment she opened up her mouth and spoke her word of faith, you need to understand that there is power in confession. There is power in declaration. Now listen, we could go on and read this. Everybody in their mama was touching Jesus. I mean, rubbing up on him like this. And he was like, who touched me? And the disciples were like, okay, that's funny. Because you know everybody here. We, how, we, how would we know who touched you? He said, I felt virtue flow from me. See, you know what? The one. Now, could have been a lot of people that could have got their healing that day. But there was only one who said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. I need somebody to open up their mouth and declare what you need this afternoon, this morning. You need to open up and just say, if I could just touch him, I'll be healed of cancer. If I could just get a hold of him, my mind will be made right. If I could just get a hold of him, I'll get a financial breakthrough. If I could just get a hold of him, I'll get my peace. If I could get a hold of him, diabetes will be gone. If I can get a hold of him, tumors have to go. If I can get a hold of Come on, if you believe that, clap your hands into the Lord. If you need a miracle, you better open up your mouth and declare it because we serve a God who is able. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your time. This is it. It's powerful what we say. It's powerful. So we talked about how do we participate because everything that we do happens by faith. The just shall live by faith. So we don't have, it's not like, you know, when, we up, when we're up against it, it's not like, or if you're about to do something you don't want to do, you have to summon enough courage to do it. It's kind of like if you were younger, or maybe even now, you may not like needles. You're like, oh, I don't want to get a shot. Give me a second, Doc. <laughs> if you like my wife, she, you know, she's like, wait, don't do it yet. Wait. She's like, and I'm like, I'm looking at the doctor like, go ahead, do it. And she's like, <laughs> you know, and, and we, the doctor and I both looking, and, and he's done. And so she's trying to summon up courage to, like, get this shot. And that's what we do with faith. You think that we have to, I believe, 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 I believe. And we just try to work ourselves up. When the reality of it is, you have already been given a measure of faith. 
I'm not making this up. It's the word. Romans 12, 3. It says you have been given a measure of faith. You need to know that God has already given you faith. You just need to simply exercise the faith that he's given you. So when we talk about it, uh, this is why this is so important because I want you to understand. Sometimes we miss it because logically speaking, you will rationalize yourself right out of a miracle. See, I'm, I'm going to show you something how to get it because two things need to simply happen. It's a, I'm going to show you. It's just really simple, and I'm, I'm going to get to it. But before I do that, I talked a little bit about the, the invisible. And if you try to rationalize or try to make sense out of your miracle, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Nowhere in Scripture did it make sense. Nowhere. You're not going to find it. As a matter of fact, the Bible is clear. His ways are higher. His thoughts are not our thoughts, okay? So you can, you, if you try to figure this thing out, it's not going to happen, okay? It's not supposed to make sense. It's supposed to make faith. And we walk by faith, not by sight. You can't allow what you see to dictate how you respond. You need to understand that the Word of God trumps your reality. It's true or it's not. But see, here's what we, I, I used a little bit of this Friday night. And what I want you to understand is that the invisible world is the real world. It's what we can't see that is real. Okay, and I, I use the example of if I were to, if the Lord were to take my body, take, my, take me home, my body, my flesh would fall to the ground because my spirit left. In other words, what you do see is being held up by what you don't see. We talked about Hebrews where it says, you know what? Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Just like in a structure or a house, you have framing that you don't see, but it is the framing that is holding up what you do see. I'm going to show you how things happen in the spirit realm, okay? And I'm going to show you how you can speak to stuff. I don't have this scripture right off the top of my head. I think it's Mark 10, but I could be mistaken, but we won't look for it. If you want to look for it, that's fine. But remember when Jesus speaks to the fig tree. Now, you look it up. You look it up, okay? Because first of all, you need to understand that the scripture says he spoke to it. You can speak to inanimate objects. And the tree didn't speak back. The Bible says that the disciples heard it. And listen, so let me just help you. People might think you're crazy, but you can speak to depression. You can speak to something that won't speak back to you. Because you have the authority in the spirit realm because it is the spirit realm that's holding up what you do see. So, you know what? They're walking. Jesus like, I'm done with you. I curse you. So, they go about their business. They're going to Bethany. You know what Jesus does? He gets to Bethany, flips some tables. Next day, come back, Peter. He was like, wait a second. We walk in the same way, right? He was talking to the disciples. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, okay, okay. Just want to make sure. Because yesterday there was a tree that Jesus spoke to. And they were like, well, you talk to him. Say something. He was like, y'all always want me to say something. He's like, Rabbi, um, 
remember that tree you spoke to? You was like, yeah, what about it? He was like, it's dead. It's, 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 it's dead. See, it didn't happen immediately, but it was happening in the realm in which they couldn't see. It was happening beneath the ground. The roots of that tree were dry. What was holding that tree up was shriveling and dying because God spoke the word. I'm telling you it's the same thing. You need to speak the word. And when you speak the word, it will happen. It might not happen when you want it to happen, but it is happening in the spirit realm and it will manifest itself. Speak the word over your family. Speak the word over your children. Speak the word over your job. Speak the word over your purpose. Speak the word over your career. And watch God do something supernatural in your life. Okay, let me hurry up. Here's the test. You ready? Because I told you everybody can participate in the supernatural. Now, there's two things. Two things. Jesus' mom is like, Jesus, and you know we're trying to have a party. And you know what happened? We out of wine. And he was like, he said, now, mom, what's going on? What did that have to do with me? She was like, that's sweet. That's sweet. Whatever he, whatever he tells you to do, do it. She kind of said it with conviction. You know how the mamas get. What I, what I tell you to do. Yeah, that's how my mom would act. I'm sorry. I was having a little flashbacks. <laughs> whatever he tells you to do, do it. So the first thing to participate in the supernatural is you have to hear. So, see, God is speaking to you. And some of y'all are like, now, Lord, that's the craziest thing I've heard. You want me to do what? That don't make any sense. But remember, it's not supposed to make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. Because when he told these people, hey, uh, go, go get those firkins over there and fill them up with water. And they're probably like, no, that's the dumbest thing. These people are drunk, but they ain't that drunk. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, praise God. It's okay, you can hide Y'all act like y'all been saved coming out the womb. That's all right. And they was like, we having a good time, but we ain't having that much fun. How are we going to figure this one out? What is he doing? But, you know, Mary gave us that look. Like, whatever he tells you to do, do it. So we, we better go ahead. Now, so they heard. But then what did they do? They obeyed. Okay. So here is the test. You ready? This is, this is, this is the faith test right here. Now, I'm not going to stay here all day. I'm, not gonna, I'm just, I'm just going to show you something, okay? Uh, now, I want to show you something. This is the obedience test. Let's put up the 47th Psalm, verse 1. Oh, clap your hands. This is the obedience test. Now, don't miss this. Because if you respond, here it is. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph.
Come on, I need you to open up your mouth and declare it because you're fixing to walk into a miracle. If you will obey, God will do it. Open up your mouth and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Okay, here, be seated. Here, I, I need you to get this. I need you to get this. Whatever God is going to deliver into your hands must first be declared with your mouth. Whatever God's going to deliver into your hands must first be declared with your mouth. I'm going to give you an example. We, we kind of replanted a church in Toronto, started with a team of 22 people, hard reboot, and it's one of the most diverse cities in the world. And I'm big on declaration. I'm big on declaring the word of God. I'm big on speaking word of faith. We were there. We were taking photos. Uh, it's all about the church we were coming. We were in the park taking some family photos, and we, they were there. And it's just a sea of brown, just a sea of brown, or brown all over in Toronto. Like, I, I, tease, uh, I tease folks sometimes, uh, and I'm like, we, we have brown. When I say, like, light brown to dark brown all over, we have, like, very few white people. Just, it's just, there's just not that many there. So, but we, we, we take all of our, a lot of our marketing material, you see like nothing but white people. Because we're trying to reach white people too, praise God. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, baby, you're going to be in every photo we take. <laughs> I said, just boom, just. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, look, they got white people. We can go too. So, we were there in the park. And I said, you know what? I said this. I said, look, I said, look at all these Asians. I said, don't believe the lie of the devil that Asians only love Buddha. I said, they love God. I did. I said, they love Jesus and knew nothing. Two minutes later, this Asian man walks by. And you know what he says? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ain't never seen the man before in my life. Ain't never seen him. My family and I and the photographer were like. You know what? As if we're all shocked, five minutes later he came back. Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you, you'll get what you'll declare. You better open up your mouth and declare your healing. You better open up your mouth and declare your salvation. You better open up your mouth and declare what you need from God and watch him do it. He's hate. I could do this all day. I got stories for days. I'm just trying to build your faith. But here's what I want you to know. Faith says now. Okay, I'm trying to get you to get this. Okay, I'm so excited right now I could run around this place. Faith says now. She's like, oh, God. I said, don't worry, don't worry. She was like, please, that's enough. I'm, I might not be good at reading people, but I saw that. Okay, so. <laughs> she was like. <laughs> so, faith says now. Not next week. Not next year. Faith says now. Everybody say now. Scripture says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith says now. You can get your miracle now. You can get your miracle now. You can get your miracle now. Here's the deal. See, the problem is you got to see it. You got to see it. 
I'm going to show you. Let's go to, let's go to Kings. Uh, oh, what is this? I think it's 2 Kings, but I'm, I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, uh, 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 14. Oh, now she's getting quick, praise God. Okay. So we're going to go through 17. So just to, Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots. Uh, if I start stumbling and speaking in tongues, it's because I don't speak in old English. I'm not minimizing the King James, but I usually say New King James. So I'm like, thither and hither and, praise God, okay. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, and host compassed the city both with horses and chariots, and his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Hold on a second. So if you don't know, Akil Thompson paraphrase. It's in the middle of the night. They're surrounded. And the servant of the man of God is like, oh, snap. What are we going to do? He's like, he was like, master, we got a problem. We are surrounded. Now, he wakes the master up, man of God, and check out what the man of God says here. And he answered him, fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with him. Now, hold on. Now, watch this. The, man, the servant of the man of God is like, that's the dumbest thing. He just tell me not to be afraid. I just told this man, we are surrounded. There is nothing we can do. And you're going to look at me and tell me, fear not. For they that be with us are more. Than... And check this out. Look at verse 17. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. <laughs> and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. What am I trying to tell you? Maybe you haven't seen it yet, but I'm praying that the Lord of glory would open your eyes and you would see his reality. And his reality is you win. His reality is you are victorious. His reality is you are an overcomer. His reality is you are healed. His reality is you are his. You got to see it. 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 See, it's obvious. This man was looking with natural eyes. But in this passage, it's very clear that we have a set of eyes that we have to use. A second set of eyes through faith. You see it through faith. See, if you see it, let me just help you out real quick. And we're going to be done. God's going to do miracles. Because for those who see it, I'm not, I'm not minimizing any diagnosis. But if the doctor tells you anything other than you are healed by his stripes. Let me quote it for you. He was wounded for your transgressions bruised for your iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. If the doctor tells you anything other than that, it is not true. It might be a fact, but it's not true. Let me give you an example. 
So, you know what? I'm not a fisherman. I come home, tell my wife, oh, baby, fry this, because she can make some fish tacos. Fry up this fish I caught. I caught, I caught 12 fish. She's like, what? You caught 12 fish? I'm like, yeah, girl. I went, I went out and talking that talk, and she's like, yeah, right. Now tell me, tell me everything. See, well, when I went to the grocery store, I just had the man throw me the fish. And I caught him. I caught him. See, I gave her the facts, but I didn't tell her the truth. The fact might be that you might have an illness, but the truth is he sent you his word and healed you. Heal your disease. I need somebody to understand that the truth of God's word trumps your reality. The truth of God's word trumps the facts. The truth of God's word trumps your circumstances. The truth of God's word trumps what's happening right now. The only thing is maybe you haven't seen it yet. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm going to be done in just, just a moment, I promise. So here's what I want you to understand, because once you see it, check this out. This is why I remember Peter, Jesus is with him, and he's like, to the disciples, say, man, what are people saying about me? What are they saying on Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram? They're like, well, some say you're a prophet. Man, I was on IG yesterday. Somebody said Elias. And he's like, oh, okay, who do you say that I am? And he said, well, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you. My father who is in heaven has revealed this. In other words, you're not looking with natural eyes. You're looking with eyes of faith. You got to see it. You got to see it. See, once you see it, the battle is over. Let me show you how the battle is over once you see it. Because he said, hey, let me tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to build my rock. I'm going to build my church upon this rock. What you don't see. Peter was not. Yeah, I know Petra, rock. But he wasn't something you could build on right then and there. But God saw something Peter didn't see. And then he said, you know what? I'm going to give you authority. Whatever you bind shall be bound. Whatever you loose shall be loosed. And he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail. The moment you see it, there is nothing in hell that can stop you. I need you to understand. The moment you see it, the victory is yours. The moment you see it, the healing is yours. The moment you see it. Okay, musicians, I want you to come. Because you're probably like, hey, how is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? Let me just tell you, do you realize how long it takes to make wine? And why are y'all looking at me like y'all ain't never had a glass of wine? Some of y'all, praise God. Some of y'all are like, wine? So let me just help you out. It takes a minimum, Pastor. First of all, before you, before you go to the grocery store and get the wine, you have to Break open the ground. You got to plow the field. You got to plant the seed. 
Now, most will tell you, most vineyards will tell you, you can never fool with the first crop. It's like you have to wait about three years to really get a, a, a decent, just an average. So by the time you wait three years and you get a little bit of a, uh, a, a grape that you feel like you can do something with, then you got to crush the grapes. After you crush the grapes, you got to sift them and get the juice out. And then you got to go through fermentation processes. There are three fermentation processes that you go through. And everybody understands that the older the wine is, the better the wine tastes. An average wine that you would just get in the grocery store, average wine would take at least 10 years to produce. 10 years, average. Now, when they tell, when Jesus tells them, fill it up. And they fill it up. And he said, go, 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 go give the governor some. And I know those guys are like, did he just get this man some water? And whoever was in front was probably like, I know I should not have filled mine up so fast. Because here I am in front and everybody else is behind me. And then he said, go give the governor some. And he went and poured out. And he was like, oh, my gosh. I don't know when it happened, but it's clear that it probably <laughs> didn't happen when he initially was pouring. Because he would have looked at it like, he might have dropped it. Like, <gasps> See, that's how faith works. As he was pouring it, the governor was probably like, oh, this don't smell bad. Take a little sip. Get that spot. Now, he says, this is the best stuff I've ever had in my life. Now, if it's the best stuff, sis, do you know how long it takes present day to get the best wine we've ever had? Google fact me. Check me, 200 years. What am I trying to get you to understand? Jesus did in a moment what would take 200 years to achieve. God can do it now. He can heal your marriage now. He can heal your body now. You won't have to take another pill. I'm telling you, God is able to do it now. Okay, let's stand. See, you were never designed to go where you can't see. The question is, what do you see? What do you see? What do you, what do you see? What do you see? You know what? Our people, excuse me, his people back home at EC, we declare, man, we're the fastest growing church in Canada. Every time people come, they're like, we're like, welcome to a room filled with faith. We believe that we're the fastest growing church in Canada, not because 
we're anything special, but we exist solely to have ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. And you know what? I'm telling you by faith it's happening. And we started with 22 people. Now we have 183 in 20 months. We give God glory for that. You know what? Whether that's fast or slow, I don't know. But I know this much. When I'm preaching, whether it's 20 people or 150 or 200, I'm preaching to a room filled. And not only am I preaching there, I believe we have campuses all over. I see it by faith. People will come and say, Pastor, it felt so full today. You know why it felt so full? Because the place is filled with faith. And what I want you to understand, your time is now. I'm closing with this. Martha, Mary, Lazarus is dead. And remember, Jesus showed up. But he showed up late. And so they gave him the business. They were like, Jesus, had you been here, He'd be good. But now his body stinks. you too late. And he was like, Lazarus is good. She was like, I know that. He's going to live again. In the resurrection. She's like, I want my brother right now. In other words, she's saying like, I know, down the road, way, way, way down the road, he's going to live again. I get that. But I want him now. And Jesus looks at her and is like, he said, baby, I am the resurrection. In other words, what you're putting off way down the road is right in front of you right now. Your miracle is right now. Your miracle is right now. Your miracle is right now. So here's the deal. We're going to pray. I want us all to stand. If you need healing in your body, I want you to come. We're going to pray for you. If you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is evidenced by speaking in other tongues. Or maybe you've had that experience, but it's been a long time, and you want to have that experience again. God wants to give you that today. It's a gift. It's a gift. I want you to come. If you have a relational situation, and you're like, I need a miracle. If I haven't hit it, I don't know why you waiting on me. I want you to come. I want you to pray. We're going to pray here in just a moment. Praise God. There's many coming. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Praise God. I'm going to give you instructions that we're going to pray in Jesus' name. Pastor, whoever's on your ministry team that helps you pray with folks, if you have an altar, folks, I want them to come. Praise God. Y'all come quickly. Just kind of stretch out all over this place. Praise God. Thank you, Elder. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Woo! Come on. Come on. I feel the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Praise God. There's plenty of room. Plenty of room. This is wonderful. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Yes, come on, come on. Don't, there's plenty of room. That's it. Come on, sweetie, come on. You keep coming. That's it. That's it. Praise God. Thank you. That's it. Praise God.